Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Shine, 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 shine. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all shining bright. We're going to shine it up. Welcome to the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. Come join me on this journey as we unpack the Real Housewives of Melbourne, deep dive into all things that I do, spirituality, manifestation, self-empowerment, and being a psychic medium. And I'll chat to some friends along the way. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shine It Up podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode from my hospital bed. I have to say recording it from the hospital bed was so unusual and even the midwives and some of the doctors were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm recording a podcast. And they were all like, are you serious? You'd just given birth to a baby a day ago and you're recording a podcast from your hospital bed. I said, well, you have to do what you have to do. I want to inspire the people. Sorry, they're my little babes there. You might hear them in the background. <laughs> but um, it was very unusual, I have to say, recording it from my hospital bed, but it was all worth it. I want to thank you all so much for your lovely messages and comments. It feels so lovely to have so much support and just love from you all. And for everyone to be so excited for us is just so beautiful and so lovely. So we are just over a week in now with our two little babes. And God, never would I have thought that life would change so drastically. (laughs) Oh my God, nobody ever told me about these breastfeeding and how hard breastfeeding is going to be. I mean, for me, I mean, there's a lot of women out there that have breastfed and it's been easy, but for me, it has been a bit of a struggle. And oh my God, the tiredness, literally I am feeding every three hours. So it's like constant. And when you're feeding two, oh my God, (laughs) I've got to laugh because I feel so tired and exhausted, but you got to shine through. I'm literally laying here in bed because I've just breastfed two babies. I have to be honest, Ben and I were like, fuck, are we going to make it? Like with these two babies, like literally Ben and I going to be able to make it through? I don't know. Do a lot of you women out there and husbands have those moments where you bring your babies home, you go, are we actually going to make it? And then we just start laughing because you're up every three hours. It's a shock to the system. I'm not used to any of this, so the struggle has been a little bit real. When I was in um hospital, the good news was that you get all this help from all the midwives and everybody was so amazing. And then you get home and it's like it's on. So, but then it's all worth it because you look at the cute little faces and you go, oh my God, they're so beautiful. How else have I been feeling? Maybe some other women can relate to this. I have cried out of nowhere and not even know or not even know why I'm crying. You kind of just, well, for me personally, I'd be sitting there and then I'd start breastfeeding and then I'd just start crying. Pen would be like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> Is there anything I can do? And I said, I don't know. I'm just hormonal. Oh, my God, I've got to tell you all about the drive home from the hospital with the two bubs in the back. 
I don't think I've ever seen Ben drive so slow in my life. When I was actually pregnant with these twins, going over speed bumps, I go, can you just slow down to like 20 and you still go the normal, you know, the normal speed? Bringing the babies home, Ben was like, I reckon driving at 25 kilometers per hour, which was so sweet to see. I have to say, Ben is the most amazing father. Oh my God, he has held the fort like no other. Like he gets up, he helps me change the babies. He helps me feed the babies. He baths the babies. (laughs) He's amazing. Oh my God. And then he wakes up in the morning and he'll say, good morning, my gorgeous little ones. And he'll have a little chat to them and we put some music so they can listen to some beautiful music as they're going to sleep. Put some Mozart on actually yesterday and they loved it. Oh my God, I'm so obsessed with these babies. What else? So breastfeeding for me hasn't been easy. It's been quite an emotional journey. And when they're screaming because they're hungry, I start getting anxious and I go, oh my God, are they going to be okay? But you realize they're just hungry and they want their food. But breastfeeding has been a challenge and it hasn't been easy. And getting them to latch has been a bit of a process, but they're finally getting there. Oh my God, they're so cute. Sorry, guys, I'm literally laying in bed because I'm so tired. And I know a lot of people said to me, Jackie, when you have these babies, you're going to be up every few hours. And, oh, my God, I wasn't fully prepared for that. (laughs) Oh, being a new mother, oh, my goodness me. People ask me, like I've got friends and family that bring me up and go, how are you feeling? Now, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like I've been run over by a bus. But when I'm feeding them and I see their little faces, I'm like all prepped up and go, oh my God, look at these cute little papa bears. And that's how I'm feeling at this moment. So this is what happens when you come home and you're, you know, up every three hours, breastfeeding, changing the nappies. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's get to the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Episode three, what did you guys think? Well, after breastfeeding, I quickly went out and I was watching it live to air, Real Housewives of Melbourne on Sunday night. And I have to tell you, there was moments that really were um, quite emotional for me to watch, but also very beautiful. So seeing Gamble walk in, the lady in red, ugh, I thought, okay, is there's either two ways this is going to go. Angela and Gamble are going to walk off and not resolve anything or they're going to sit down together and resolve everything. And to my surprise, Gamble and Angeli had a lot in common. They discussed that they're both singers, which I can't wait to hear their voices just secretly. Hearing about Gamble's dad's art exhibition made my heart feel very full of joy because I know how much Gamble misses her father, and I also know how much she wanted to do something in memory of her father. So creating this art exhibition in memory of her dad, I think would be so amazing. And also, I know that her dad's shining above her and looking over her, and he'd be very proud of everything that Gamble has achieved. Pregnancy scan. For me, it was very emotional because if you've been listening to my my last episodes, you you would all know that I have suffered a miscarriage. And for me, the first time I was pregnant, I was like, oh, everything's going swimmingly. Everything's going to shine bright. But when you get the news that, that the baby didn't make it, it just brings up those triggers. So for me, going for a scan, my scan was like, okay, is everything still okay? Are we on track? And to be fair, 
I was very, very scared. And even that morning I broke down and I said to Ben, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is for me, like, I went into fearful mode, panic mode. And I knew I was filming for The Real Housewives as well. And I thought, oh, my God, I just want to make sure that the baby's heartbeats are there, they're healthy, and that they're um, on track. When I went to the scan with Ben, I was in all sorts. Uh, I was up and down with my emotions. But when I laid down on that chair, I was very much like, please, God, please, God, please, universe, let everything be okay. And when I saw and heard my little babes, And their heartbeats, I was like, this is phenomenal. I was so excited. I thought, this is it. I can now hopefully go on and not feel so fearful. And I still can't believe or process that I am having twins. (laughs) It's so beautiful, isn't it? Get to the vintage shopping with Janet, Cherry, and Kyla. I thought that was hilarious. Rochi rocking in with her vintage Chanel outfit. Cherry wearing her faux fur coat, and I love it. And then we've got Kyla, the lady in pink. I felt like it was hilarious. And when I saw them shopping together, I thought, how is this going to (laughs) go? And Kylie goes, Rochi, I think you need to shine up a bit more and, you know, have a bit of a porn star look. (laughs) Rochi's like, I'll leave that to you. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. The shade's going to start now. And all Cherry could say, which I thought was hilarious, was um, I really love these gorgeous aquary pink shoes. They're like like a fluoro color shoe, and um, I thought that was hilarious. So the shade started there, right there, the vintage shopping, didn't it? <laughs> so we're now on to Simone. Good on you, girl, for inspiring others. I love how you're coming together and showing people how to do their own hair and makeup. Just to get ready for society, whether it's, you know, going for a job interview or just showing people how to um, apply makeup. Man, I can't even apply makeup. So, Simone, I should have come to one of your classes, but I felt it was really beautiful about how she was there helping the women and just inspiring them. And that's what I'm all about. If you can inspire one person in life, then you're doing your job. So the next scene is me meeting up with my bestie, Janet Roach. I've got some great news for her. And I can't wait to share this special moment with my bestie, who I love and adore. And I just can't wait to see what her reaction is going to be. And it's such a magical moment. The reveal that I'm pregnant with Janet. We actually call ourselves the Jacket, to be fair. Janet? Jackie? Jacket? Pretty hilarious. I have to say... Really, Rochi was in complete and utter shock. She had no idea that I was pregnant. She honestly believed that the bloat was from the IVF that I kept telling people because what happened was when I had the miscarriage, I had gone on and I had told all my friends and family that I was pregnant. And when the miscarriage occurred, then I had to go back and tell everybody that it didn't work out. And that to me was even more shattering. So this is why I kept it a secret for a while because I wanted to make sure that I got past that safe zone, you know, and that everything was rocking and rolling. I've decided to tell Rochi the big reveal. So when I handed her the envelope, she didn't register that they were twins. She only thought it was one. But even then when she opened it up, she didn't register that they were babies or they were baby scans in that very moment. And then it cottoned on and she was so ecstatic. We're both crying. We're both hugging because Rochi has been my greatest support and cheerleader throughout all seasons of The Real Housewives of Melbourne and for becoming a mother. 
I needed to share that with my bestie. And that moment was so magical. It was so loving. It was so special. And Rachie, I couldn't think of a better person to have in my life as you're going to be an auntie, auntie Rachie, auntie Janet. But I have to say it was such a beautiful moment and I absolutely would cherish that moment for the rest of my life. Now, on to the next scene. Oh, my God, this is so funny. i tell you why I think the pool party is funny, because everyone's dressed up and I'm loving it. But what's funny is I know that some kind of drama may kick off, but I have to say there was some shade at Angelie's pool party, but there was also a lot of understanding of the other women, which I thought was really nice. The pool party looked phenomenal, I will say. Angelie looked great. We all looked good. And it was really nice to go to a pool party that had flamingos. And I was excited to go and see what this pool party is going to be all about. But I definitely had to bring that up here, man. We had to shine it up. If I can't drink, then everybody else can. The pool party went down a treat, I will say. Ange is settling in, Angelie. We've heard a lot about her yachts and her CNN job. And she should be proud of it, to be fair, because it's a massive achievement to go and interview all those people that she has interviewed. And I'm all about, you know, women supporting women. So I felt like I do understand where she's coming from. She loved her job and... That's what she was very good at and passionate about. Oh, my God. The best bit's coming. This sing-off. Oh, dude, I was laughing, like, hysterically in my master interview when they asked me about Gamble and Angelie's sing-off. I couldn't get enough of it. It was the funniest thing that I'd actually heard. But the best bit was that Angelie and Gamble were taking it so seriously, and that was everything, the facials, the voices. Oh, my God, that was the highlight of the day outside of me announcing my twins announcement to all the ladies. Oh, my God, what a moment that was. So having the balloons come in because I knew that a trip was being organized and that I had to organize a trip for the ladies, and what better way to have a baby moon? So for me, it was this thing of, all right, baby moon, and why not now reveal to the rest of the ladies that I'm pregnant and let's organize a trip away with the ladies. So now I'm about to tell the ladies that I'm pregnant, but the best bit was giving a box to Gamble and giving a box to Angelie. They were both like, oh my God, we're getting presents. I'm like, yes, you're getting the best present in the world, me announcing that finally I'm pregnant. So the balloons come in, then we have two boxes and I'm like, ready, set, go, let's open. And when they realized they were babies, it's like they first looked and thought, what the hell is this? And they registered what was going on and everybody was so happy. And it was my moment to actually say, I've got there. I have to say all the ladies were so, so amazing and supportive and of my pregnancy journey. And they've all been really, really amazing about my pregnancy. And I have to thank them all for that. There's so much love and support with that. And I have to also say that finally telling all the women was such a relief because I now don't have to hide the pregnancy. And then I announced that we're going to far north Queensland on a baby moon. Now they're all excited, but I don't want there to be drama. But who am I kidding? Every going away trip with the ladies always happens to have drama. Oh, the flamingo race between Simone and Gamble, hysterical hilarious and bloody Gamble rolling around like she's a mermaid. Can't even. But Gamble did win it. She did win that race. Sorry, Simone. The last couple of weeks and months have been very hectic, getting ready for and then having the babies. And prior to that, doing all the press and interviews for the Real Housewives of Melbourne and the podcast, which has been so much fun. 
But a lot of these interviews and press for Real Housewives in Melbourne has included today's guest, Mr. Joel Creasy. Joel and I have such a great long chat. He's actually so funny and talented, and he was so open to all the psychic vibes that came up. And he has really been along on the Real Housewives of Melbourne Season 5 journey with us all. So it's just so great to have him on as my next guest. So let's get into it. We're going to shine it up. So today's guest is comedian, actor, TV and radio presenter and powerhouse Joel Creasy. And I feel so honoured that Joel Creasy is on my show because, Joel, there's something that you don't know that I do. I have been watching you from the beginning of your career and I remember when you first stepped out into the limelight. Yeah, in the limelight is... You know I'm a psychic medium, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know, and I, yeah, and I remember saying to Ben, this kid, and that's not derogatory when I say this kid because you were so young at oh, the no, time. Oh, no, thank you. I'll he's take it going, sure. No, he's going to do so many – I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying this. He's going to do so many things to inspire people not only in the community of the LGBT, but it's also be able to inspire people that have gone through so many tribulations in their lives that he will be able to encourage people to follow their life's purpose and passion. And this is why I did this show, and this is why I wanted you on this show. It wasn't necessarily to talk about what you're doing right now. It was – For me to be able to talk to you about what you've gone through and how you've got to where you've got you to today, because I know how many people you inspire through not just your social media, but by what you do and just, you just keep going. And thank you for coming on my show. And I feel a bit teary because I feel like I'm really connecting to your energy right now. And I feel like a lot of people really don't know what you experienced growing up. And I would like to ask you what that was, if you don't mind. For sure. Well, first of all, thank you very much for making my day. I'm already having a very good day, Jackie, because I just completed a juice cleanse. Don't ask why. <laughs> I was just incredibly bored and it was something to do. And yeah. I had my first coffee this morning. So I was already on a high and uh, you've made yeah. it even better. So thank you. I mean, I've always wanted to be doing this and there was never another option for me. Like I never had a fallback ever. It was always, it was this or nothing. That sort of commitment got me here. And also, you're right, being a young queer kid growing up in Perth definitely shaped the person I am today. And I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't want to be anyone else. Did you ever experience growing up, like when you were younger, because I know that I did, I was born in Croatia and I went to a very white Anglo-Saxon school, right? There's not a lot of Europeans. And for me growing up... I was bullied a lot because of where I came from and people would say, get back on your boat, go back to Croatia. There wasn't a lot of people that were like me, right? Yeah. And I felt that that, for me personally, made me become more resilient and made me go, fuck this, I'm going to do what I have to do, I'm just going to keep going. But there there were dark days. Did you ever experience that? In your life? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I remember in primary school, I mean, there was no one like me at all because we're all figuring ourselves out. And I remember, like, I've always been myself and I've been very lucky for that. And I think I worked out who I was at a very young age. We're talking like nine, ten years old. So in primary primary school, I was always very, like, sort of set in my ways. And that sort of, I don't know, didn't lend itself to making a whole heap of friends. But then in high school, I graduated in 07. I went to an all-boys high school in Perth. 
there were actually a lot of guys like me because there were a lot of there were maybe 150 boys in my year group. There were mm. a lot of guys like me. There certainly were a lot of tools that bullied the shit out of me. But luckily, I had those sort of people that I could I could tell were going through the exact same thing at the exact same time as me. And interestingly, if anyone was worse, it was the teachers. It was the teachers that had more of a problem with it because I was quite out and proud in in high school. You'll be shocked to hear. So you're telling me that your teachers have more of a problem because they're quite conservative in their thoughts about you being gay and being upfront about it. For sure. Like, and they didn't say anything specifically, but I always got sort of, always a lot of pushback for my ideas. Like I was the drama captain. Once again, you'll be shocked to hear. And, um, and <laughs> like if, if I ever wanted to do something, it was always kind of, you could tell the eye roll was like, no, the queer kid wants to do this. Whereas, uh, you know, if the footy team wanted to, you know, have a random party on a Wednesday afternoon for no reason, absolutely go for it. So yeah, that yeah. was a weird dynamic in high school. And by about, Grade 10, I knew I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I hadn't voiced it out loud. Grade 10. Yeah. yeah. So I'd sort of given yeah. up in a way on high school. I was still there and I was still learning, but I went, this ain't for me. This is interesting for me because I'm a believer that I'm a manifester, right? I've been yeah. doing visual boards for many years and I believe that your thoughts create your experiences. And I also look back at my life and I look back at the aha moments, right? You said you 10 that you knew at that moment that this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. Leading up to that moment, was there something when you were younger that you would be like, I don't know, for me, I, I talk about very heavily how I would visualize and see spirit world, but visualize the world that I saw myself in, which was doing something that was bigger than myself, but being known for inspiring people in some shape or form, right? Did you have that daydream moment when you were solo laying on your bed or any spiritual experiences that were quite, I don't know, you could have watched a show. For me, it was watching the Grammy Awards and I watched CC Winer and Whitney Houston and I cried. And I said to my yeah. mom, that is how I want to make people feel. And I was about 14 or 15 at the time. So that for me, it was almost like something clicked from the universe that resonated. Did something like that ever happen to you before that? Like you had these little moments where you'd watch somebody on television and go, that's what I want. Like it was a feeling, it was oh, a vibe. Yeah, for sure. Every night I would go to bed dreaming of, of working in, in, in entertainment. And when I was younger, like really younger, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pop star or I'm going to be a rock star. Yes. I remember actually getting my internet in my bedroom when I was like yeah. 14 years old um, and YouTube had just become a thing. I remember watching YouTube clips of the late, great Joan Rivers. I was 14 years old. Most other boys in my year group wanted to be like, Leighton Hewitt or a, whoever the big footy player at the time was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching this 70-something-year-old American comic on YouTube and I'd get in these YouTube wormholes and I'd stay up all night just watching her and she was the person I'd relate to. And I was like, I'm a 14-year-old kid from Perth but I'm relating to this 75-year-old woman from New York. Seven years later, I was in New York opening for her as her support act. That was the universe talking to you, Joel. It was your angels talking to you and saying, this is what you're creating, you're speaking into existence. And that for me is so powerful. And a lot of people sometimes don't realize how powerful their visualizations and their thoughts are. You are bringing that to existence and you're guided to that moment to watch that woman. And here you are in New York years later doing this. This is like the other side. This to me, this is why I love what I do. It really is a moment of this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And that just excites me. Yeah. 
Well, then I, I ended up working with her for like for many years, right up until she passed. I couldn't believe it. She was my hero. And, you know, they always say, like, don't meet your idols and all that. But she couldn't have been more incredible. But, yeah, I, there were a few moments where I was standing on stage on Broadway, you know, telling my jokes to a crowd who'd never heard of me. And I have that flashback <laughs> to the, the little... 14-year-old sitting in his room in Perth up late watching YouTube instead of doing my homework. That is an inspiration. And what a lot of people don't also know is that you graduated in political science. Is that correct? I started it, yeah. And I was doing And politics. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I seriously thought I was going to be like the foreign affairs minister. I thought it was going to be Julie Bishop because we had the same haircut. You'd be amazing, actually. You would be amazing. You, I reckon you'd take it to the next level and go, I don't agree with that. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. I object. Oh, no, hang on. That's a lawyer. Uh, I, I would have loved it. I started doing stand-up and then... You know how you have to put something down? Like you just have to yep. put something down. And I yep. put down political science and foreign affairs because I do have an interest in politics. I, I was studying it for a couple of months and then realised it wasn't for me. But I was looking for an out and I, I wasn't enjoying it. And then I remember one day the lecturer telling me I had messy handwriting and I was like, that is it. I'm not putting up with this abuse anymore. And I stormed out and never went back. I yeah. love that. You have messy hands. You know my teacher, you know my teacher told me that too? Because really? I used to always write so fast. I'm a very fast talker and I believe it's because I'm always connecting to energy and I'm always talking really, really, really fast. And it's probably a European thing too. <laughs> but I remember my teacher saying to me, that writing I can't even understand it. And I'm like, Well, you don't need to understand it. I do. <laughs> do you know yeah. Just I'm give saying? it an A plus, it's fantastic. Yeah, I can yeah. assure you. <laughs> Do you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm just getting these vibes. If I get vibes throughout this chat, you don't mind if I if I give you any vibes? Not at all. I would, love, yeah, I would love because, it. Because, you know, if they do come through, I do have to ask permission and I'm asking permission from you and you've said yes. So you that's great. Absolutely. The other thing that we have in common is that you went into a reality show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and you were phenomenal. Thank like you. Like you, during that process, because I watched it, during the process of you – doing what you do, and that is just being yourself. And I think the reason people relate to you, Joel, is really that you have – you're very humble. No, you oh, are. Thanks. Yes, you've acquired a success in what you do, but you're very humble about the person that you are and oh, you don't you. project an energy out there that you're better than other people. And I find that really refreshing, especially in this industry because oh, sure. I've, you know, over the years, I've, you know, I've still got the friends, but some of the friends that I've been like, I would educate them, you can't act like that. Everybody's no. on the same level. Just because your success might be here, you've got to, everybody's on the same level. And you going on that show really, showed me a vulnerability about you that I believe that that Australia need to see. Oh, and that, thanks. I believe, opened you up to people going, oh, my God, this is another side to Joel yeah. that we haven't seen a layer, right? And that was one of the reasons I wanted to do the show is because people see me on Housewives, but a lot of people haven't seen the other side to the layers of, of, of where I've grown up or what I've gone through, or a lot of the vulnerability, because I don't really show a lot of that in Housewives. But with yeah. you, I felt like that was your opening to Australia to really grasp who Joel Creasy was. How did you find it? For me, I know it was I had a lot of aha moments, but it's hard, man, isn't it? It's hard to be in there. Like, uh, oh my god, I like, um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so few people that know exactly what it's like, and because uh, I still talk about it quite a bit to this day, because I was season one, so I was 24. When I was on the show, I'm 31 now. I was a baby. You're the first one on there. Yeah, right? and it's. It, I didn't realize. I mean, you've done um, a two reality TV shows, so you probably had a better grasp on this than I did. But I didn't realize reality TV means real. 
Like I genuinely thought, sure, we're going to go into this camp and I'm going to have to eat some some ostrich eyeball, but then they're going to be taking us back to some nice hotel and I'm going to be able to have a coffee. No, no, it was six weeks <laughs> outdoors. Like it was proper hardcore. And because we I was season one, we were the guinea pigs. Like they were still working out like how much to feed us and what to do and where to even position the beds in camp so they don't get wet if it rains. And as you know that it is the rain season over there. It was yeah. A truly bizarre experience. I was a baby on there, so I'm evolved human to what I was then, but I would not trade the experience for anything. It was amazing, and I've made friends for life out of it. Yeah, your and Chrissy Swan's relationship really became like a soul relationship, and I felt like that was really beautiful. It's like she became a bit like your protector a little bit, you know, wanted to make sure Massively. That you were okay. And I thought like the mama bear came out in her, and I thought that was so beautiful to see. It was a really a genuine friendship that you can clearly see that will, like you said, will be firm for the rest of your lives. That experience for me watching that was really a beautiful thing and for many Australians for, for you. So I, it was for me, it took a, um, was my moment of knowing that I didn't want to be a 70-year-old woman without a child. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's what I was. And I cried a lot. Did you cry a lot on that show? I, yeah. I cried without people seeing. I'd go into the toilet and bore my eyes out and because things were happening on the show. Yeah. Yeah. that I felt because I was getting to the end that the competition started ramping up and yeah. I'm not a person that competes with people. So for me, there was some things that were going on that was even harder to handle when you don't have the support, right? Yeah. So I'd kind of walk in and I'd bore my eyes out and then get myself together and go, Jackie, shine it up and yes. walk back out there and do you. So you did cry? Oh, yeah. I cried in my sleeping bag. I had a few cries yeah, so down they, the river and I had a gross <laughs> sleeping bag. The thing is, it's like it's a toss-up between do I sleep in the sleeping bag all night and, and sweat to death and absolutely boil myself inside out or do I sleep out of the sleeping bag and get bitten to death by mosquitoes? Yes. Like, which one do I choose? And I'd go inside the sleeping bag a few tears or in the long drop a few tears or down the river a few tears. It was, it was early on that I did most of my crying. And then towards the end, I was like, I'm just a man of the jungle now. I, I live here. This is my home. When you're ripped out, it's so bizarre, isn't it? Because then you... Yes. Do you know I didn't want to be around people? No, I, I remember getting into the hotel and in a really comfy bed. And I was like, oh, this is... I Put me back on a hard... Do you know when I went back into a nice, you know, hotel room that they all put us in and like a whole lot of luxury and I remember having a a cocktail. I didn't feel like it because we were just, there was no sugar or we were kind of being cleansed from all the crap that we'd eat at home. Even if you eat healthy, there's still sugar in fruits and stuff. So it was really limited, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there and I started tearing up, but I didn't show anybody that. And Josh Gibson was there and I'm looking around, all these people are talking and I was like, can you just shut? (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I don't want to, because we were so in such quiet, that people were just chatting, 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 chatting. It was a real state. When I came home, even my family members go, you're so quiet. Yeah. And it was because I didn't like all the noise. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what do you reckon you learnt most about you just in that experience as a human being? 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, the, the the fact that I could do it because I we so Chrissy and I tried to walk, and they aired a bit of it, but it was a much longer conversation. The, Chrissy and I tried to walk three days in, and like properly, like together, hand in hand, we're out of here. And they sort of talked us down, and they're like, maybe just sleep on it. And we spoke to the psych. And we also realised that that's when the detox was really hitting because I didn't do any form of deep. Toxification. Neither did I. No, I, I loaded up beforehand. So did I. I put on weight because my doctor goes, "It's better that you put on weight because you're going to lose about eight or nine kilos and go back to what you were." Yeah. So I just ate. And sure. eight and eight and eight. I think what I realised actually maybe is that because I, I sort of you know there was a lot of speculation about who's going to be in there and there was a lot of speculation about Barry Hall the AFL player being in there and yeah. and I was like oh well he's going to be a dick and we're never going to get on and and, and yeah. in fact if anything yeah. I'm going to clash with him and it's going to be great TV and then I remember early on they were sort of probing me like as in day one probing me for my thoughts on Barry. And they're like, and, and what do you make of Barry Hall? Wanting me to go, ugh, yuck. Yes. And I'm glad I did it because we formed this beautiful friendship throughout the show and it made me realise that I have a very narrow-minded view on people sometimes and, and I, very, I'm, I'm a, I very much judge a book by its cover. I judge anyone that I walk past in the street. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to have to teach you not to do that. Can you please? Because my judgment is often wrong. <laughs> But it's so nice that you're refreshing that you've actually said that. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to tell you why you do that. Great. I would love to. I would love to know because yeah, I always think I'm right, and then I'm I'm often meet the person like, oh, you're lovely. <laughs> I used to be like that. I, yeah. I used to be like that. But so what you learned was that this person was actually quite a nice person, an absolute angel. And you're sitting here like they're trying to like pit you against him and going, this dude's this, this, and this, and you're like. I can't do this. This guy's a really nice bloke. Such a nice bloke. And, but, and I was fully prepared to, for him and I to just go head to head the entire time and, and not see eye to eye. And outside of Chrissy, he was the person I spoke to the most. Isn't that hilarious? That was like um, Paul, um, Princess Diana's oh, butler. Oh, Paul Burrell. Burrell. Yeah. yeah. I, like Paul Burrell and I got along so well. Really? And I, like, yeah, but I actually had a psychic vibe. I remember saying this to my mum many years ago. When he was next to Princess Diana, there was a clip of him many years ago before, obviously, Princess Diana had passed. I said to my mum, I'm going to meet him. And I did in the jungle. And you know what he said to me? He goes, yeah. I've seen you on Housewives of Melbourne. And I gave him a psychic medium reading on the show. Yeah. And the, some of the things that I said were so accurate that he had to go to the tuk-tuk yeah. and say, you need to bring that out because nobody knows it. You cannot let this go to air because the only person that knew this information was me and Prince Charles. Wow. And so it was like next level. And I remember when I was giving this reading how strong I felt the energy of not just Princess Diana, it was the energy of how much love he had for that woman and he really did. And, yes, he might have written a book and did all those things, but who am I to judge that person doing that because nobody really knows what his relationship with that woman was. That was a sole situation relationship, you know. Absolutely. But I got along with him so well and a lot of people were, like, judging him for what he did. And I'm like, I used to be a person that used to judge. So I'm going to get onto this now with you. I used to be a person yeah. that would judge people on this and that. But what I came to realize is the reason I was doing that is because I was projecting my own insecurities. But then I also realized that this is through meditation and speaking to the spirit world. And if you want to manifest great things, you have to relieve yourself of people that gossip or bitch or get jealous. And this industry can be a bit like that, right? Oh, my God, yeah. If somebody starts bitching about somebody or gossiping, I'll say stop. If somebody said to me, Joel Creasy's like this, this, and this and doesn't know you. Yeah. First of all, I'd be like, are you just making that up to cause trouble? Yeah. That's how, this is how I look at this. 
and did they really say that? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing this because you don't want me to have a friendship with that person because of your own judgments? So I've come across that quite a lot and I'll stop people in their tracks because what that actually does is stops you from manifesting greater things. Like right now as I'm speaking to you, I literally see you moving to New York. You're not going to stay in Australia. Oh, my God. The I only was- way this is going to happen – on a massive success is you've got to dial down some of the people around you that are quite envious of your success, man. And I'm feeling that badly. And the goosebumps you're getting down your knees right now, he's giving you a hug and he says, listen up. Like you need to listen up. You want this life, you can have it, but you've got to look at the people that are around you that are adding to you. Because there are some people around you like that, man. And you don't need to go back and tell them what you need to do is trust here. Your heart tells you. Your intuition tells you. So you've just got to start really figuring that shit out now. Because if you don't, in 10 years' time, you could have missed opportunities because of the energy you're associating yourself with. You don't have time for that anymore. Because I see you becoming a very massive success in New York. And I even see not just um, stand-up, it's a bit like Ellen. Oh, well. I really do. We, I mean, we, she's my doppelganger, for starters. Yeah, um. and, I, and I love Ellen too. I always visualise myself being on her show. And I don't think that's going to happen. But my point to you is that success is right here. You can grab that, but you're moving to New York, man. You're not staying in Australia. I mean, I cannot begin to tell you how much you've hit the nail on the like genuinely mind blown to the point that today, as we talk, there's been all that chat about international borders opening. I was just emailing a travel agent an hour ago, just seeing if there's any flights over Christmas to New York. I said to Ben, if we have to live in America, because we're always over there for Ben's music, I said... LA is like Australia, but New York's me, man. Like, I love the energy. I love the boom, boom, boom. Oh, like, so you know, great. like it's, but I reckon you're going to get some great opportunities there. But the, before any of that happens, you've got to sit down with a piece of paper and go, who adds to me, who does not. And the other thing too, you've put yourself into a great vibe with Tim and Kate, your yes. successful radio show. Yeah, Tim says he's off, by the way. Uh, Tim is off tap. I love Tim. He loves you. I love him too. He's so funny. But I believe that that opportunity that's come for you on radio has allowed other opportunities that are going to come up for you has taught you something in that space. Like when I do reality shows, right? Yeah. It's kind of taught me how television works. But I reckon that that had to happen as a sliding show for your next big gig, man, and oh, it's not here. It's well, not here. Well, that's so that's so exciting. When I broke up with my ex, who was American, and I, it was actually straight after I did I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, it got to the point of the show where we were getting messages from our loved ones and yeah. all everyone else left in camp were getting these beautiful long messages. And I got this really quite short message from my from my. <laughs> You're um, like, this fans. is bullshit. I was like, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> and so I went over to um, LA and like, yeah. weeks after the show finished and he broke up with me and he met someone else. And look, we actually get on great now and good for him. Like I'm, I'm glad he, I'm actually genuinely glad he's happy and he's a great guy. But I, because I had like sort of a lot of four months to spend in LA with him, I was like, well, I've got all this time on my hands. You know, I've got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of money from doing reality TV. So went over to New York spent four months there, just living in the East Village and, and, and loving life and, and out on the town every night and seeing shows on my own. But, yeah, so I, def- I have a real affiliation to New York. Well, it's going to happen, and I, and I feel like that's where you're going to end up. How do these opportunities, when people think that things come easy, People don't realize what you've probably had to go through to get to where you are today, right? The synchronized events of you stepping into your authenticity of what you wanted to do with this work 
that's where I believe how the universe works. It presents these opportunities and as things go on and you know that you're worthy of that. So when this radio host came up for your gig, how did that present itself? Did it just one day there was an email that went to your manager and said, oh, we'd love to have a jolt? Or do you think it was off the back of seeing how you're able to hold a, you know, hold a crowd? It could not have been more random. Like as when 2020 started, it wasn't on my vision board. I thought I was just going to be touring. It wouldn't be, have been practical. I thought I normally spend a lot of time overseas in Montreal and London performing stand-up, so I physically could not do radio, hence why I had never crossed my mind. So then I'm here, we're in lockdown, and it was that period where you could have like two people to a house. And I remember going around to my manager's house and we had a few bottles of wine and, and when yeah, I say yeah. a few, I mean about six. I woke up the next day with a splitting headache and she was <laughs> calling me and I was like, why on earth are you calling me at this time? Like we've only wrapped up a few hours ago. And she said, they yeah. want you to join the Nova Drive show. And I couldn't believe it. And But it was a very easy decision. First of all, it sort of saved me. In, in lockdown in 2020, it's been an absolute joy and I'm having a blast. Yeah, you guys are so hilarious on that show together and I think you bring a real comedic element to it, not just because you're a stand-up comedian, but I feel like it needed some more juice and you bring that. Oh, thank you. you really, um, yeah. No, you really do. You really do. So you were there for the announcement of uh, <laughs> Real Housewives of Melbourne Season 5. Oh, and let me tell God. you, do you know people have actually said to me, because I was on the um, Andy Cohen show, right? I went on yeah. the Andy Cohen show and it was really quite hilarious. And I reckon you're going to go on that show too. I just got a vibe. Like, so they're going to ask you to go on that show when you actually step up. You'll be like, this is awesome. Yes. I've, no, I've sat I'm in the audience on. of that show before. I've yeah. sat in the audience once. Yeah, you're going to be interviewed. You're going to oh, be interviewed I'd love next that. time. So many people like wrote to me and went, oh, my God, Joel Crease is a new housewife. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be. My gosh, I couldn't think of anything better. Do you know how funny that was? Like people actually were like linging for that. They were like, hey, <laughs> this dude is on. Oh, my God, the first gay guy to be on The Real Housewives of Melbourne. I would, I'd, I'd so be up for it. I would love that. And can I just say I've seen the first episode and it's fantastic. It's, I mean, it's great. You're just hilarious and, and, and actually I'm really enjoying all the new girls I've seen so far. I think it's, I mean, I'm just such a fan of the show. So often people get, say to me, like my really intellectual friends, well, how do you love Housewives so much? And I go, you actually, if you haven't seen it, you actually don't know what, what it is. They're in on the joke. They get what it yeah. is as well. They're making escapist comedy t- TV. And that's why I watch it. I watch it for the for your interactions and the hilarity and the, the ridiculous situations. And, and particularly when we in such grim times, it's just such a joy to watch because it just transports you to a, a fun, silly world. I, that's why I love it. Yes. I that's, love it. You know, that's why I watch reality because a lot of people ask me in interviews, so why is it that um, you think people should watch Housewives? I said, because it's fucking good laugh, man. It's a great I said, when laugh. I, I, when I want to like tap out, right, do you know what? After I've had a few drinks or, you know, I've been out at night and I've smashed a few bottles of <laughs> red wine or some yeah. margaritas, I go home the next day when you're hung over, right? And I watch X on the Beach UK. Me too. But I go, is she serious? She is like, I thought we're white, but it is so, but it taps me out. Really yeah, does. absolutely. And also I watch Housewives like I assume other people watch football. Like I'll stand there during an argument and be like, get her, Jackie, get her. And we're like, what a response. Like 
I'll get out of my chair. I'll be standing. I'll be moving. I'll be like, yes, yes. I can't believe this is happening. Like during the big arguments. And oh, it's just, it's so delicious. I'm so glad that you've seen the episode one. And I feel like um, this season will bring just a new, I think having the new Housewives will be a great addition because people go, well, you know, Lydia and Gina's left and I get it. But the Housewives goes on. You know how television works. Yeah. Just, you know, Joan Rivers, icon. But yeah. there's going to be up and coming people like you, my friend, and I'll be watching one of your shows going, ah, crazy, <laughs> let's go to Budokan afterwards for some food. Please. But you know, I feel like nobody's bigger than the show. It's that true. Like Lisa Vanderpump left, but the ratings soared. Nene Leakes left. Their ratings soared. So have you ever worked with people that have been a bit difficult? Oh, yeah. In the industry? I have. You don't have to name the names. Yeah, I but have. Definitely. I have too. I have like egos like, out of out of whack. Has your back been hurting? I just felt your back. I have scoliosis and arthritis. I didn't yes. even know that, but I yes. can feel it. Yeah, really bad. What you need to do with that to try and manage that is Pilates and osteopath is going to help you, but the inflammation is coming from sometimes alcohol. So just be aware of that. Your inflammation. Well noted, because there's been a lot of alcohol in lockdown, as you can probably tell. <laughs> Mate, I, I'm with you. Like I'm with you. The other thing that I'm actually picking up now too is I've got a dog that's passed away that's coming through. Oh my God, Bella, she passed away at the start of the year. They're here. She They're, it's here. Your dog's here. And the goosebumps she's got down your um, arms then is saying, I miss you, Dad. Like, it's it, the dog will come back, but it'll come back when you're back overseas. I actually feel next year for you, right? Yeah. I actually feel that you will put in a plan to have yourself living in the States, even if it's for three months or two months. You're going to put a plan in and you're going to do it because you're going to go, I need to do this. I'm ready for my next step. And I feel like when you go there, you're going to start associating with people and you're going to go, these people are just cool, man. And I feel like they're going to inspire you to your next your next big thing. And it's going to actually make you more aware of the people. I keep hearing this so clearly, um, Joel, as I'm mm-hmm. doing this reading for you, more clear about people that you want in your life. And I feel like this year has to be a reset of just adding the ones that inspire you and elevate you and isn't so draining. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, I, I don't feel like you'd ever tell people this, but I feel that sometimes there's people that can be draining and heavy and it's like, I can't take this fucking call today. I just can't do it because it's mm-hmm. not going to add to me. It's going to put me in a mental health situation that's draining because I'm taking their energy on. And I used to have a lot of that too because my friends would be like, oh, my God, she's psychic. She can give me vibes. She can lift me up. And you've got to sometimes have healthy boundaries. Now, this is what I'm hearing. Now your grandmother's coming through. By the way, where's her jewelry? Her jewelry, her jewelry is. Yes. She used to always melt down her jewelry and then make like and then into, into something else. So her jewelry would be in Perth with my with my. Family. There's a bracelet or a, a bracelet or something she wants you to have. Oh. Okay, you need to you need to ask your family about this. You need to take that bracelet to New York. Okay. She's going to help you as well. It's like a I can see a bracelet or a bangle. Because I was always quite close to her because we were born we were both born on August 11. So we shared. A well, birthday. she's around you. She's around you. She says the headaches that you get behind your eyes because you're straining your eyes. Okay. Well, actually, I do. I used to get headaches behind my eyes because I had terrible eyesight. That's that's what she's saying. You're straining your eyes, and that's and you know what that also represents when you have problems with your eyes, not seeing something put in front of you. 
what that means is putting yourself first. And I know what they're telling me, healthy boundaries. You need to have healthy boundaries with people. And if something doesn't add to you, man, sorry, it doesn't. And even if they go, well, what's happened to Charlie thinks it's too good. Bad luck, man. I'm on my own trajectory. This is who I am. Yeah. The other thing that I'm also being shown, I've got to lift my um, leg up now because my back's hurting, <laughs> is who used to drive the blue car? Me. I had my first car was a Your blue. Your grandma just told me to confirm that she's here. And she also says you used to visualize a lot about being in the spotlight without even realizing it. Always, she says I, a lot in that car. So did I, actually. I actually put seven pairs of legs on a manifestation board years before the housewives happened, walking down the red carpet. And everything else that on these vision boards that I've done, I have to this day. When I look away, it's because I... um. It's not because I'm being rude. It's because I can hear spirits. So kind of when I zone out, that's what happens. No, the fine. other thing okay. that I'm also being shown, do you have stairs in your house? Oh, my God. We have so many stairs in our house. Your grandfather says that won't be happening in New York. You're going to have this warehouse vibe and it's going to be all open and it's going to be all exposed. It's kind of going to look really like rock and roll, like it's going to be a jam. Oh, my God. I love that. And the dog's coming back. Your dog's coming back. Not exactly Bella, but you're getting a dog of that same energy. And that dog says, thank you for being a good dad. You looked after that animal like your own and you are having a child, regardless of what you think. I mean, I've always, I mean, I, I definitely want to have it. You will, no, you yeah. will. You'll have two. I see okay. it being a boy first and then a girl. And the other thing, what's something in your life, either professionally or personally, that you would really like to achieve, right? Mm. That's on your bucket list that you would really like to do. I mean, there's so, I guess there's so many things. I mean, at the moment, because of everything that's gone on in the world, I actually, I've got a tour that's been postponed so many times, like time and time and time again. We're about our sixth postponement in Perth. And you know what it's like being in the, in the industry. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. cheap to keep postponing shows and, and, and moving dates. But it's also not something that you want to tell ticket buyers because it's, that's not sexy. You just, you just postpone the show and, you know, and so I want to get back on stage doing stand up because I haven't been able to do it for, so long, and it's very. You need to do it in America. You've got to go off the back of another festival, and you've got to do it in the states. You just got to go. You got to go, man. I'll like, go I can hear it. I will go in a heartbeat. So that's the thing that you're missing. You want to be out there and inspiring people and making people laugh. I get it. Yeah, because it's like ther- doing stand-up comedy is like therapy, but therapy that you get paid for. So it's even better. It's such a rush and it's such a thrill making people laugh. And but yeah, it's been. It's, I feel like my wings have been clipped these past you know twenty months. But you know what? We look at the positives. The positives here is it's about resetting your life, about the who's and the wants and the healthy boundaries. Did you look at buying a piece of art? Uh, several, yes. I just heard it in my head. That's your grandfather and grandmother creeping around your house to confirm they're here because I couldn't know this information. No. So they want you to know. They want you to know that they're with you. That's truly that's truly amazing. Yes, I have been looking at buying several pieces of art yeah, recently. Yeah, because they're telling me, well, you'll be taking some of that to New York with you. Did you eat ice cream with your partner a few days ago? We actually eat ice cream, Jackie, every single night in bed. Yeah, because they're eating it with you. They're eating them with you. They they love it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad they love it because I know my doctor doesn't. Uh, every night we have a maxi bond, normally a maxi bond because we're very basic. Every night in bed watching TV. <laughs> Look, before I shut this down, any psyche vibes for Joel? Of course, I've had many psyche vibes. The other thing that I'm also being shown to is there is a Mary that's passed away that's connected to you too. She's saying hello. A Mary. Yeah. Yeah. She's connected to your dad. I also feel that um, she was an aunt to him. So you'll have to ask that question. If he says no, then he's going to think about it and freak out and go, yes, I do remember an aunt Mary. The other thing too is um, when you get a runny nose, that's Bella. Really? 
Yes, just saying that she's around. So I have to give you that. Oh, well, I, had, I had a very runny nose yesterday. Um, and no, that's that's Bella. Uh, and it's the worst time to have a runny nose. You're that man that you're with. That's your soulmate. I love him very much. And, uh, yeah. He loves you very much. Now, you two, you two are getting married and he allows you to be who you are and he adds to you and that is a blessing. Because, listen, you've been through a shit show of relationships before him and mm-hmm. you've come to learn about who you are, right? And he's somebody that just loves you unconditionally for who you are and you're definitely going to be um, spending the rest of your life with him. A couple of more questions, only very quick ones. What song turns you up the most? What song? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a mad music theatre fan, so Defying Gravity from Wicked is my <laughs> is my jam. I love a bit of um, Cindy Lauper. Time After Cindy Time is, is what I Time hope will be my um, first dance and trying to convince Jack. I mean, at the moment working in radio, though, you get completely turned off music, uh, all the current hits, because it's, uh, it's all you hear around the clock. Yeah, I know. And I actually feel like some of the music that, you know, Ben calls it McDonald's music and there is that <laughs> and you would know that. Like, yes. like Cindy Lauper, she's old school. Like it's great. Like their music that keeps going and going and going. What was the, the last TV show you binged? Uh, well, I'm currently binging all the four first four seasons of Mel, uh, Housewives of Melbourne because you and I will be chatting next week. So I wanted to. Oh, uh, we? I didn't even know that. Yes. I'm doing <laughs> the launch with you. I'm doing the launch. Oh, yeah. You probably haven't done, you know. Um, no, so they haven't I, told us. I want to refresh. But I'm watching Squid Game, which is really intense on Netflix at the moment. Yeah. And I'm watching yeah. Housewives of Beverly Hills because you're so right about that thing about no one's bigger than the show because I remember when Vanderpump left, I was so devastated because, like everyone, I was a huge fan. But this current season is probably the best reality TV I have ever seen. It is mind-blowing what they're doing over there at the moment. My last question to you is if you had endless resources, I'm not talking about – Material, just like if you could just do whatever you wanted, what would be the one thing that you continue doing just for the rest of your life, really, if you didn't have to worry about anything in life? Eating and drinking, and but just eating. And I love experiencing new food. I love. Tra- I just love traveling. And I know a lot of people say that, but there there is no greater joy in my life than food. And, and as I mentioned before, I've been on this stupid juice cleanse for a few days, and it has filled <laughs> me because I get literally. I get. I finish work at six p.m. and at about five p.m. Jack and I start the text back and forth to each other what do you want for dinner and and the excitement builds and I race home to eat dinner do you know my accountant said to me a true story she said to Ben and I she goes oi she goes you two have to pull off the Uber Eats I said what are you talking about she goes you eat too much Uber Eats have you said how much you've spent oh my god it's disgusting what I went oh my god I was actually disgusted by how much I spent I went oh my god God, because when you're in Melbourne, right, you're filming Housewives. Yeah. And if Ben doesn't have time to cook because he's in the studio, then I think about all the beautiful restaurants I can get delivered to my door. Oh. And it's so easy. And then I'll have tipple that comes to my door. I'll have <laughs> Oh, I don't mind a bit of tipple. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Melbourne has the best food. And before I let you go, one more vibe. You're getting a tattoo with your man. We were jo- weirdly joking about tattoos earlier. You're going to do it. You're going to do it um as a commitment and then something to do with your here. Oh, because I, I, I don't mind the tattooed wedding band, actually. I quite yeah. like it. I, I feel like that will happen. And um, have you – who had the heart attack before they passed in your family? Uh, my grandpa. Yeah, he's so here. You've got – like, you know when I started feeling that shallow breathing and it wasn't just – about pregnancy because as soon as I click into somebody's energy, like if I'm sitting with you, I start seeing your past, your present, your future. And with him, he wants you to know that he loves you so much and he's so proud of what you're doing. And he also says that you need to write another book. 
And the next book that you write needs to be about everything you've experienced that hasn't been easy. Yeah. That is going to be a connected bit. It won't be yet. It says when you're in New York and you've made it massively and you actually say, no, I need to show people that it wasn't always easy, 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 easy. And there were things that I experienced that, you know, jarred me and, and it made me get back up and keep pushing on because I feel like that is going to be something that will be like a New York's bestseller. I really do. That's great advice from him because I, my first book I wrote when I was 25, which is a bit young to be writing a memoir, as fun as it is, and there's some great stories in there, it is definitely fluffier than it could have been. And, and there are some more raw stories that are, are missing. But at the time I wasn't ready to put in there, yeah. No, I get it because you're still figuring your, you know, your stuff out. Yeah. And he also says somebody doesn't make their bed enough. Oh, well, that would be Jack. <laughs> I do it every day. And it's like I see like a clear, like a clear – um, fence or something. Well, our house is, oh, uh, we have a clear, so our, our lounge room is a glass roof. We have like a glass roof. Um, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, he's, he's laughing. He thinks it's amazing because he never experienced that. No, he wouldn't have. He would think it's absolutely ridiculous from, because uh, he, Did yeah. somebody have a pool in your family? Me and my parents. We've always had there's my a fil- there's a There's a filter problem. He's telling me that to confirm to you he's here. You've got to tell your parents there's a filter problem in the pool, man. Oh, uh, seriously, I'm going to call, call my dad straight up. This. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they've always been plagued by filter problems. Your grandfather's walking around the bloody pool, and he wants you just to know that whenever you need help, he's here. Thank you, Joel Creasy, for being on my show. I absolutely – did you like your psychic vibes? Jackie, I, honestly – I loved it. I can't quite put it into words because I'm a bit speechless at everything you've told me. But yeah, I've, 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 I've enjoyed it so much. Like that's really incredible. Really, truly incredible. I can't wait till this time in a few years where you're doing an interview and I'll still be doing my shine it up shows and doing all these things. You'd be like, Jackie gave me this vibe that in New York this would happen. It's like, it happened, man. It is happening. I'm here. Ellen, I love you, girl. Like, <laughs> like sitting there drinking the mugs over in, um, in New York. I love you so much. And I'm going to see you next week. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed the chat with Joel. He's so great. And it was such a pleasure to chat with him and have him as a guest on the show. Guys, I'm absolutely loving all of your messages. Keep sending through your stories and questions that are coming through on the Facebook group and Instagram. And this week's questions are Alexandria from Instagram. Will there be another Shine It Up tour? Yes, I'd love to do another Shine It Up tour after these babies are born and I've got more time. So hopefully next year, my love. Adam from Instagram. How do you go about having challenging conversations with your loved ones? I think you've just got to be open and you have to be in your truth and you have to stand in your authenticity. And when you have a conversation, try not to react or get angry or frustrated and try and listen to the other person's point of view as well. But I always say if you're truthful, everything will always work out. So just be open and honest. Write down the points that you want to get through to whoever you want to speak to and just say, this is how I feel instead of this is what you do. Always come from I feel like this. Okay. I hope that helps. So questions. Okay. So Kate has asked me whether or not I regret sharing my miscarriage on the show. Absolutely not. I feel like one of the reasons I joined the Real Housewives of Melbourne was to be open and honest and transparent about my journey 
and hopefully start the conversation with women that they shouldn't be ashamed to talk about what they're going through because the more love and support that you have, the easier it becomes to go through such a journey because going through IVF or a miscarriage by yourself is just so hard. But if you have the love and support of people around you, then it makes it feel like you can share those burdens if you have them. And I understand it because I've been through it. So Kate, no regrets, my love. Amanda from Instagram has asked, am I friends with all the ladies on the Real Housewives of Melbourne cast? Look, I have no issue with any of the ladies. I felt that this season I was very clear about my points about the type of person I am. I feel that all the ladies bring something unique to the show and I feel that they bring a new energy that I think that the Real Housewives of Melbourne really needed. Brendan, do you think the new ladies will all last for seasons to come? Well, to be honest, it really is going to depend on how they translate with the audience and if they're able to really be transparent about their lives. So do I think they'll all last? No, I don't think they'll all last for the next five years if the show keeps going, but I feel like there may be a couple that do. So let's see how that all rolls out. Leon, I loved your reading with Simone. How is it you do what you do? I'm just able to listen to my intuition in the spirit world. I believe in what I hear. I believe in what I sense, and that's probably why the accuracy of my readings are accurate because I believe what spirit world are telling me. And I felt that the reading that I did for Simone, you only saw a couple of minutes of it, but that reading went for 30 minutes, really helped her and really helped her be able to move forward in a positive way that will benefit her. So I felt really honored that Simone allowed me to do her reading. Thanks, Leon. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe and rate and review, which helps others find the podcast. For more, follow me on Instagram at Jackie Gillies TV and the podcast at Shine It Up underscore with Jackie Gillies. Shine It Up is proudly a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special thanks to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. And I will see you all next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.